I'm saying welcome back, but you didn't come back to this episode because we're just starting this episode. I apologize. I'm Emily. With me is... It's Christine, but what if they were listening to episodes back-to-back for some reason? But I'm still wrong because I said welcome back to episode 128. Oh, that's true. So, no, this is all on me. It's like I just said, return this back to me. Like, it was not good. People say that all the time. I know, and they're always wrong, irregardless <laughs> of whether they think they are. Oh, I have to go wash my mouth out with soap. Give me a minute. Okay, good. That's the beauty of editing, folks. You didn't even realize I just did that. Is it really not bring this back to me? Um, Return this back to me. Oh, return this back to bring me. Bring this back to me, sure. But if I said <laughs> return it back to me... Then I'm, it's already implied I'm, in the return. Exactly. Yeah. Life is a circle and, and it should be broken at that point. This is how this show's going to go. This is gonna I was, a rough one. You had, you had just said that and I immediately forgot. <laughs> you know, this is what happens when you fry your mind, man, on, on, on memories, right? That's my problem. Indeed. Uh, Christine, what movie are we talking about today? It was your pick. We are talking about 1995's apparently extremely difficult to find Strange Days. What the fuck is up with that? So I asked the internet to tell me, and by ask I meant like I told I typed it in Twitter, not like I actually googled it and didn't work. Siri, and, tell um, Twitter I have a question. Yeah, I have this question. Apparently, it's like uh unreleased right stuff it was on i mean so well first tell the did you tell the people the name of the movie you might strange have forgot strange strange day. Day. oh no it's oh. <laughs> indeed or indeed strange ah. days. yeah it is not available it was on dvd at some point you can buy it for like 60 bucks on amazon yeah, with like a, a british dvd but it i guess it's never had a blu-ray which seems really mm-hmm. weird it's so bizarre to me. I'm sure there's got to be some probably like production company thing because you just think about this movie, which has a lot of pretty well-known people in it. And Catherine Bigelow, who yeah. is, has a bigger career now than she did then. Yeah. And yet this movie is really difficult to track down. So I'm sure there are people screaming at us right now. There is obviously a very uh, clear reason. I, I think it's James Cameron related reason why oh. this is not widely available. I, somebody's yelling something to me at this point, <laughs> and I'm like, sorry guys, I didn't do any research. I did very preliminary, but I didn't see anything about the release of it or the DVD release or lack thereof. Uh, it seems like a pretty well-known thing. Oh. I feel like somebody on Twitter told me that there are other like, Cameron movies, or at least another Cameron movie that is unreleased. Maybe a production company thing. I'm not really sure. Zach had a a, a really old DVD, and 
I'm kind of glad he kept it because yeah, because certainly. like because like when one of the last times we moved, I remember pulling stuff out and him going like, well, at some point I'll just upgrade, mm. and I was like, well, you haven't yet, and like there were a couple like that that I just sure. like, oh, we'll just keep them, and then you know because we were making a conscious effort to watch more um, diversely created things, mm-hmm. I. That came up as a suggestion. I was like, oh, that would be a great suggestion for the show sure. because we've covered. I think we did we did Near Dark, right? And Near Dark and Point Break. And Point Break, yes, yep. that's true. So I was like, okay, this is good. We'll do mm-hmm. this. Makes and sense. then And then it was like, unless you <laughs> can't we find, can it find it anywhere. <laughs> yeah, and for me, I looked because um, the first, you know, first thing you always do is I go to um, one of those like, where is it streaming websites? I yep. use Just Watch usually, and it didn't show up anywhere. I'm like, oh, that's strange. Well, I'm sure Netflix has the DVD because that's how I watched it 10 years ago, I think. Mm-hmm. And I look and it's not there. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe my library has it. I look, it's not there. I go just do like the Roku search. No, I'm like, this movie is nowhere. And yep. luckily for me, my husband had a copy that he had recorded off of either another DVD or the VHS. So he used to be able to do that pretty easily. So a lot of... Um, a lot of stuff he's kept just when it has when he hasn't upgraded or when it hasn't had a release. And again, mm-hmm. pretty luck is at one point I'm like, I, I'm not spending 50 bucks on this movie from yeah. England. But then I found it in our own little DVD hut. So, well, yeah. we I thought you maybe were not okay when you came back with this information and i i said to <laughs> zach i was like well it's not she said it's not at the library Emily's it's usually really a pretty big tell like yeah. when something's not at the library so he searched in the google and the roku mm-hmm. search menu and nothing came Nowhere. up he's like yeah. did they erase this movie from history apparently if you're into that kind of thing it is pretty easy to find downloadable mm. yes um, which i used to be but yeah we did not have to go that route. Thankfully, that mm-hmm. is not to say that we wouldn't have had it come to it. But, like, um, it's it seems to be decently supported. It's, yeah. Whatever reason it doesn't exist out there, I would love to see a nicer version of this. Yeah. It's, yeah. Because, I mean, this is a technically very, which is true of a lot of Catherine Bigelow stuff. It's And, I mean, this was produced and in part edited and written by James Cameron. So the technology aspect is really important. And this film essentially created technology for itself. And the fact that it's nearly impossible to see that crisply is is kind of a bummer. But I I can't believe like, you know, it's, we're kind of, I guess what would we have? We had its 20th anniversary. Like maybe it's 25th anniversary. Somebody will do a big enough write up of this movie that somebody will release it. Yeah, it would be it would be cool. Now I'm like invested in it. Whereas a week and a half ago, I didn't even know this was a thing, and yeah, now I'm like, strange. this needs to get a release. <laughs> well, we're gonna get to a deep dive into Strange Days, but first, what else yes. have you been watching? What else have I been watching? This is a strange little list. My favorite um, kind. Wait, do I do I know what I'm gonna recommend? I don't remember. Hopefully I'll remember. Okay. (laughs) So we finally watched, and this is a movie that you told me wouldn't make me upset. I feel like there's some accusatory something coming up here. No, no, no. It didn't. It didn't. It was upsetting, but not, you were right. You were right. Okay. Um, uh, Can You Ever Forgive Me is the name (gasps) of the movie. Yay. Oh, I want to cover that one day. Oh my God. It was so good. Isn't it so good? It's it so, so good. Fucking good. Yeah. Um. So 
yeah, this I don't think this is streaming anywhere. I think we it, I recorded it recently off of HBO, so I'm okay, guessing so it's, it's probably on HBO Go, which means it's not going to be streaming anywhere else. All right, so Although we yeah, on Hulu sometimes. Sometimes HBO stuff goes to Hulu. We rented this one because um, I saw it and I was like, "Yes, this." Um, I've been, I've been putting it off, but finally, it was amazing. So it was good. amazing. There's there's nothing to not like there. It was like, it was sad and like, ugh, but like funny. It's I don't know. Really I funny. It. I like it even more after I read the book recently. And I, if, if I had read this book first, I never would have thought to see a movie of it. I didn't really love the book. Uh, really? Everything about th- this being a movie about, like, for lack of a better description, a maybe unlikable protagonist, in the book, she really feels that way. Yeah. And in the movie, she... It's not that there's any softening to the character. It's just that, like, you, whether you... Not to say, like, whether you like her or not, like... You, you are so invested. And yeah. Melissa McCarthy and Richard Grant are so fucking good in this movie. So He is phenomenal. Oh, I, yeah. I'm i sure we've talked about this. I had the biggest crush on him when I was little because of mm. Hudson Hawk. Interesting. Very <laughs> interesting. I'm a very strange person. So that's what I will forever know him from. Oh. He's, he was for, he's forever from Hudson Hawk. And for me, so, he's forever L.A. Story, but... <laughs> That's, see Hudson Hawk. I, I saw get Hudson it. Hawk yeah. first. I, but I like, get it. But like, um, I don't know. I, I, he pops up in things, and I forget sometimes. Like, oh, this is a real, real actor. That's yeah. good. He's so good. <laughs> and she and I mean, you and I are both very, very, very big, deep Melissa McCarthy fangirls. Um, yes. I, I think she is underrated in so many ways. And she, what I love about this, her in this, it's not just like, oh, it's a comedy actor doing a serious movie, like, and showing she can do it. Like, no, 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 like, fuck that. Her comedy is probably much harder. But it's, yeah, like, what she does, like, she just, uh, it's so vanityless. It is, uh, like, she she doesn't make it easy <clears throat> to just naturally root for this person, but you do, mm-hmm. and it's, oh, it's so good. Yeah, it's. I I like I I'm very happy I watched it. I'm happy you um, watched it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So it was good. It was good. It's nice to sit down. This has really pushed my relationship. It's nice to sit down and watch something good. Mm. There is <laughs> there is often this desire, not for me, to watch something that you know is not going to be good, with the hope that maybe it will be. Maybe it'll be enjoyable, if not good. Or oh maybe it'll be a surprise, but that and I'm fine with that. But I, this is why I've set certain criteria. There has to be at least something interesting or hopeful or female mm. about the creative people behind the movie. And this will come up um, later in my list for me to give it a shot because so often it's generic white guy name one and generic white guy sure. name two, and I get to watch a movie with a woman chained up to something. Mm-hmm. I don't. Like, I'm sick of fucking doing that. And so yeah. the ironic part is he is too, but yet we continue to do it. Yeah, it's, it's hard. That's that's what's out there. That's what we've, we're so used to looking for. And especially you and I both being big horror fans. Yeah. You know, it is it is hard not to find that when you want to watch horror. Yep. So um, <clears throat> I'm much more willing to, like, give something a, 
a try if it's got something else going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but Zach had never seen House Bunny, which is... Um, I have never seen House Bunny. Written by women. Okay. Yes. Um, I have. I, I remember really liking it um, because it manages to be satirical but not mocking mm-hmm. which is okay. which is really hard there are some like datedy stupid jokes like mm-hmm. i think it's a happy madison production actually okay. as i'm saying it i'm almost positive it is and there's there's shades of that where you're like oh boy mm-hmm. um but it's funny and boy oh boy is she cute and funny in it mm-hmm. um i think anna faris is so funny and yep. so charming. And she's so funny and her, her delivery is really good. And like it's got a young Emma Stone in it. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, the cast is in Colin Hanks. It's got a good weird cast, Rumor Willis. Um I like it. I don't know where oh god, I might own this. I think <laughs> I might own this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't know where I watched it. We definitely didn't stream it. I remember opening the Blu-ray player, so okay. I think I own this. Um, it is cute and fun, and if you want something silly and light, you can do much worse than this movie. Okay. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, I have phlegm. Oh, my. So this is a rando movie directed by a woman. Yeah, directed by a woman. Um, it is Hot Pursuit. With Reese Witherspoon and... Um, Sofia Vergara? So Sofia Vergara. Okay. Thank you. I blanked on her name. Is this a good movie? I have heard so, no, but what did you think? Sofia Vergara is a comic genius. She is so bizarre and funny in this. I don't know. I want to watch it again. She completely surprised me. She's, I know, I've seen enough Modern Family mm-hmm. to know like, she's funny. Yeah. But, but like she... She puts this movie on her back and she carries it because because the writing isn't that great, but her delivery is just so good. Huh. You were you one of the first people I've heard to kind of find something worth discussing in that movie, which makes it's me defi- curious. It's definitely not bad. Mm-hmm. I've. I've seen way worse. It's it's trite, and I don't really know if there was a reason it existed, which is a shit thing to say sure. after a movie. <clears throat> but like she and Reese is fine. She's fine. But um, the oh boy, the heavy lifting that Sofia Vergara does in this. Oh boy, I did not know she was that funny. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, I don't think you saw this. But I went to the theater and I saw Gretel and Hansel. I didn't. I would like to. I just don't have the time right now. I know you were very pumped because you're a big Osgood fan. I am. Mm-hmm. I am. Um, I would like to see this movie again. I would like to talk to somebody about it. Okay. I. The irony here is that I hated the ending of it. Hmm. Um, okay. Whereas everyone like... The turning was stupid, and the ending was dumb, and I hate that movie, and we should <laughs> never talk about it again. Worst of the year. You're all crazy. That movie's so good. This movie, good. All right. There's some interesting things in it. Okay. The ending, like, and by ending, I mean, like, last two minutes. I was like, oh, what like the re- fuck? Like, the ending that? ending. I didn't understand, and it felt like what I thought happened undermined what I thought the entire thesis of the movie was, leaving me going, what was that movie actually about? Um, I will, let me say this about that. There's some visuals in this movie that I don't think I'll ever forget, ever. Like That's cool. Into my brain. That's very cool. It's 
gorgeous and weird. And I know you know her name. Um, the Borg. So oh, Walkers. Alice Krieg. Oh, I love thank her. You, thank you. Yeah. I could not pull it. She, she's so amazing. She steals she, it. She like, is wildly underrated as an actress. It's it, it's bizarre because yeah. like this movie is a it's a very talky movie, which is fine. I'm not. I have no problem with that. But like there are long speeches and like monologue type things that that she has, and you're just like she she draws you in, and you're like, I don't she, care how there long. There is something talking. about her, and I'm, part of it is I think her look. I think she has a you know she's a very thin and very like ha- those high cheekbones. But the other part is that she's a fucking great actress, and she has a quality that I very few other actors have, where she is a haunting presence when she needs yep. to be. And uh, oh boy, you're gonna love oh, this then. You need to listen. So I listen to Mick Garris has a podcast. Oh, and um and I mean as much as I tend to trash his movies, he like he he's a very good interviewer. He's so enthusiastic about horror. And I listened to an episode this morning. It's him and Osgood Perkins. Hmm. And you should definitely listen to that episode because it I means it's it's Osgood Perkins talking about his dad, talking about filmmaking, blah blah. And he talked about Alice casting out Alice Krieg. And something he said that I bet you would appreciate based on what you just said. Um, he was saying how uh, she said to him early on, like in filming, um, she said to him, you need to make sure I don't fall in love with the language. That, like, she, like, because I guess she really liked the script. She liked the dialogue. And, like, she, it was her telling the director, make sure I'm not delivering this in a way that is clear that I'm just loving to say these lines. Because I, you know, I, I, I like the way it's written. I want to make sure it's coming out the way this character is, not the mm-hmm. way me, Alice Krieg, is. Which I thought was just a really interesting note from the director. Yeah, it, it is. And it is, it is beautiful like very lyrical language in it and i and i like that a lot see what i, I you will see it eventually i have yes. faith in oh, this. De- definitely. but but so i i often say like oh it feels like i was the audience for this movie mm-hmm. and sometimes that doesn't work like when when i feel directly marketed to oftentimes i leave going like well that wasn't mm, yeah for me this this was that on a different level like it feels like somebody scooped my brain out and made a movie (laughs) but like but like i but like maybe they were a little too on the nose and and then it's kind of like well like oh i don't know if i want literally that Mm. but but like that i'm being hard on it because of how specific to my tastes it was i think so, but like, I if if it gets to a point where we can both watch it easily, I would love to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. When it hits the home media world, whatever that may be. Okay, yeah. That I would like to do that because I I think you talking to you about it, I think will either firm up how I feel or completely change my mind and I turn mean, me around. I do have it. an important question: better or worse than Red Riding Hood? The Amanda Seyfried, uh-huh. Catherine Hardwick, yes. oh, that was that's a funny joke, right? <laughs> yes, I am convinced somewhere a good version of that movie exists. I don't know if that's true. I have though. such that movie has such a special place in my heart because that is the first movie I saw with my husband. <laughs> um, World War Z ah, is mine. <laughs> wow, 
you know, both of these make sense, I think, in their own ways for, for our really marriages. <laughs> um, yeah, that movie, I feel like, again, I feel like somebody was like, let's make a movie Christine would like. And I was like, no, 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 I don't want Wait, I don't want Gary Oldman in walking around and, and, and burning people in a giant cast iron elephant. Yes, please. No, take it back. Um, I see. I've watched it like twice too, and I thought it might get better the next time. It didn't. No, it's not very good. But it Listener, is weirdly it enjoyable. No. <laughs> um. So this we already talked about, but apparently we covered romancing the stone on this. <laughs> yes, Christine tweets. Emily, would you say like, did I ever? What did you said something very specific? Were you asking me if I'd seen it? No, I was asking you if you remembered if I'd seen it. <laughs> that was it. And I answered, yes, you did, because we definitely did an episode on it. Well, funny enough, I saw it for the first time a couple weeks ago. It's so weird how that worked. Time is a circle. I... Time is a circle. So there were a couple parts where I was like, wait a second. But then as soon as I thought that, it it was done. It was gone. It had left my head. I'm almost scared to go back and listen to that episode. <laughs> oh, man. I wish I could remember what we paired it with. I liked it way more than I think I did when we I th- watched it. I, memory serves. I had really deep childhood <laughs> memories of it. Um, and it still held up for me. I think I remember enjoying it more than you did. Because to mm-hmm. me, I think there there are certain elements to it that don't age great. But I find the two of them sexy together. I liked their chemistry. And that like were, were things that stuck with me. Whereas I feel like I was convincing you of some things, I think. Um, that's probably right. I think, I guess for whatever reason, I dumped it out of my brain the second I watched it. But re-watching it, I, I am, I've embraced romance and movies and sure. love. And I... I Honestly, this is because of Star Wars. Star Wars ruined me, and now I want everyone to have a happy ending. So, <laughs> I rewatching it, I was like, I like this movie a lot. <laughs> this is we great. should cover it. But, but I, it was at the end when 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 the boat is like in the city. Mm-hmm. I was like, shit, I remember. Watching. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when I tweeted at you. But um. I liked it a lot more this time. Good. I think all that goes... I shouldn't be embarrassed. All that yeah. means is, like... We grow up. You Different things yeah. hit differently at different times in your life. Well, completely. There there are many... I mean, jumping ahead, but not Strange Days the first time... I, I did watch this movie 10 years ago. I think I either gave up on it or I didn't fit it, where I just stopped paying attention to it. I can see that. You know? Um, and I'm not saying I loved it. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. But, yeah, the point is, people evolve. Or yeah. devolve, depending. I well, I evolved in this. I've case. done both. <laughs> um, I watched a movie called Ghost in the Machine. Uh, what is? It's this? directed by the lady who directed Tank Girl. Oh, neat. Any good? Kinda. Mm-hmm. It was weird. Hmm. It was, was it... real weird. What is this? This is ninety three. That sounds yeah, right. It should be a cult classic, and I don't know why it's not. I've like, never even heard of this. It. Karen Allen. Okay, other than her, Jessica Walter. What is it? A action movie? Is it a? It's a weird, bizarre, sci-fi action stalker, serial killer murder movie. Okay, into it. Um, there is a man in 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 the internet. 
uh, really into it. And there's really horrifically violent death scenes, like very, like, um, look, I don't want to throw Final Destination around, but let's throw Final Destination around. Like, really over the top. How can I, how can this man on the internet murder you with electricity you, and appliances? You could not sell this to me easier if you, like, put it in a, a vat of ice cream. Everything about it this is- sounds amazing. It's a super Emily movie. It's really, <laughs> it's really interesting and weird. Very competently. Like where don't. where did you watch it? I might have done it illegally. Oh, all right. <clears throat> um, I don't remember though. Okay. Um, Ghost in the Machine. Let's see if Netflix has it. Yeah, there's um, there's a a right right around the same time. I think a couple months apart was the X Files episode, Ghost in the Machine. Okay. Um. You know, subtle similarities. Okay. There is a ghost in both machines. Well, there is a movie on um, a Netflix disc <laughs> called Ghost Machine, but that does not seem appear to be the same movie. Not quite. No. So this movie is weird, and I feel like this is one of those movies that stupid, weird film Twitter, or like film Twitter, which 10 years ago was podcast land, but should be repping this hard and everybody mm-hmm. should be like, this is this is the weird movie that you should watch. And I wonder why it's not. Yeah. I, I don't I don't want to err on the side of sexism, but I might. But often it's true. It looks like <clears throat> it is rentable on Amazon. Okay. That's good. Yeah. I recommend it. Um it's weird. Intriguing. <laughs> it's a weird movie. I'm I'm very intrigued. I'm adding it to my watch list. I may rent it one of these days. It reminded me of like if Deadly Friend was better. Okay. okay. Like that level of weird. Like mm-hmm. what? And it, honestly, the way it got the internet wrong, not as bad as you would think. <laughs> it kind of, it like got some things right. And you were like, oh, this is interesting. Nice. There's this thing with a microwave. Let me know when you watch it. I Oh, I most definitely will. <laughs> um, so this is not my recommend, but it is on Netflix. Uh, there is a very low budge movie called Defcon. And it's, Directed by a woman, maybe written by, I'm not, I think it might be. That's why I picked it. It was super low budge. It's a horror movie. Um, it's about a bunch of influencers in a hotel Ooh. for like a influencer convention. Oh God, everything about that does not sound like it was made for me. And, but like in the, I was like in the vein of like hashtag horror and stuff that's super self-aware of like the current. Okay. Okay. Like, fair. Social fair. media climate. I was like, okay, maybe. Um, and like, there's like a haunted room and like the internet haunted, oh, the internet was kind of haunting this too. There was like an internet ghost and now there's like a ghost and he's trying to get you to go into a chat room. Look, you know what? A dude You're back to selling this to me, by the way. But a a dude wrote it, if I recall, and the lady directed it. Um, it was, it's like a, it's like an hour long story fit into an hour and a half long movie it was stretched too thin for the premise Ah, that being said it was not unenjoyable for a low budget movie okay okay would say say the name again uh deathcon deathcon okay all right intrigued yeah there's like a weird balloon in it (laughs) i mean there's different (laughs) tactics you have to sell a movie to me Weird balloon. Ah, it's kind of you know. Nah, nah, I'm trying doesn't. to sell everybody on all of these. I'm like microwave. Weird balloon. <laughs> <laughs> you internet ghost. Um. Oh, did you see Birds of Prey? Nope. I wish. I want to. Not haven't got to theater. You did you love it? Are gonna 
love it. Oh, how nice. I don't need to talk about it. It was great, obviously. Obviously, it was great. If you get to see it and you want to talk about it on the show, we can. When you see it, I'll tell you that I liked it. Well, I'm very happy that because I know you were really excited for it I know yeah I'm sh- I mean it it's not doing as poorly as some people on the internet want you to think uh-huh because it's like oh it's a 33 million dollar opening yeah in the middle of February like it's it's not this wasn't going to be a hundred million dollar opening weekend movie um but I am surprised because I really thought this would would do huge just because I think I think the world was very hungry for a Harley Quinn movie. Yeah. Um, so I'm surprised it's it hasn't done as well as it just would have been nice to shut people up. But I don't know where where it is now. I watched it pretty closely for like a week and a half. <clears throat> um, there was a tweet I saw um, saying it was basically the premise of the tweet was like I think I just saw sexism happen because worldwide it made 90 million. And its budget was ninety million, mm-hmm. and people were saying it's a it's a it's a flop. It's doing bad. It's underperforming. It's doing poorly. But it made its budget back in a weekend, yeah. and then the same thing happened apparently with Ford v Ferrari. Ferrari yeah, it opened. It- its opening was 90 million and its budget was 90 million and people were like oh surprise success at the box office <laughs> oh yeah like it's the framing thing if yeah. you tell there are people a lot of them who will go huh well this is doing bad i don't want to see if it see it if it sucks and then they just don't go mm-hmm. yeah it so is a like, shame you're right the, the way that we frame things you know this i'm just saying in general the way that things get framed does influence people at large and i know there are people that are like it doesn't it doesn't matter yeah i don't know i heard it, i heard it was bad i heard, I heard yeah. people weren't seeing it yeah so like when i was i was repping the turning really hard i said i told my mom i think you would like it because i know my mom mm-hmm. and she's you. like i she's like okay well if you if you I've all I've seen is bad stuff. This is what my mom, who goes on Facebook, says. That's it. Her internet yeah. is Facebook. I've seen I've seen bad things. I said, yeah, I know, but they're wrong, and you'll like it. And she was like, okay, I'll go see it. So she tells my stepdad, oh, Christine said I'll really like it. I'm gonna go see it. And he was like, it, it's got terrible reviews. It's got a terrible Rotten Tomatoes score. It's terrible. You're only you're only listening to to Christine because she says you'll like it. I'm like, bro, that's what you're doing with Rotten Tomatoes. It's idiots telling yeah. you you won't like well, it. And especially when it's a when it's a horror film, then of course critics don't like it. <clears throat> I mean, yeah. It's just it, so this is this is that again. It's the framing. And yeah. when you frame stuff a certain way, general audiences pick up on that whether consciously or not. Yeah. They pick up on it that it, it did oh this is bad because people were still referring to suicide squad as a flop and i get not not everybody liked it or the majority of people didn't but it made so, so much, much money. money yeah well, and then be like oh, this is a flop. it's not a flop no, and, and that birds of prey got like really good reviews yep yep it's good it's there's it's it's great it's great and i can't wait to see it again and i and i will talk to you about certain plot points okay once you see it. i look forward to it I finally saw Parasite, multi-Oscar award-winning oh, Parasite. Me too. Did you see it before the Oscars or after the Oscars? After. I, I saw it right before because I'm like, I need something to kind of root for. Let me maybe, maybe this will be the one. But I knew. I knew. I've seen The Host. I've seen yeah. Mother. I know. Um, I know how good he is. So, like, yes. I for we did watch some of the Oscars, so I was rooting for this weird genre guy who made a kaiju movie. Like... <laughs> 
<laughs> at the like Del Fair. Toro. I, yeah. Like I didn't really even like that Shape of Water that much, and but I'm rooting for the weirdo that made, you know, Hellboy. Yeah. So, uh, did you love it? I liked it a lot. Um, I think my hopes were really raised for it. I watched it. multi-Oscar award. But I I watched it before the Oscars. And the reason I watched it before the Oscars was because I kept hearing things about the twists of, oh, yeah, make sure, you know, don't read too much about it. Just, you know. So I'm like, oh, man, I have to watch it before because, like, there's always some idiot presenter that ends up talking about the movie in a way that you end up knowing the ending or knowing the big thing. So I'm like, let me make sure I watch it before the Oscars. And I guess part of the problem was just that. I went into it thinking, oh, this movie's going to have a crazy twist. And yeah. I It guess doesn't have a crazy it twist. It doesn't. Like, it has a reveal, which I'm sure you loved because it was made for you. <laughs> Wait, what was the reveal? That well, the reveal, your favorite kind of subplot in a movie. Spoil, oh, yeah! Spoiler alert to Parasite, a person living in, in the walls. You know how much I love I, I that. I know. And as soon as I saw that, I'm like, oh, man, I hope Christine sees this movie. It had it all. Hey, yeah. minor parasite spoilers, everyone. Yes. It had food allergies. It, <gasps> it did have food allergies, right? It had all my favorite things. Yeah. No, I get it. This movie was really made for you, wasn't it? Poverty, food allergies. Yes. I don't know. I just, I liked it. I liked it a lot. But you're right. There isn't like a shocking reveal where you're like <gasps> but yeah i mean it's kind of like it's just the story it is yeah and that's fine i just i was i was like kept waiting for a shoe to drop yes. and it then it i'm like oh that okay and with time it's grown on me um mm-hmm. i think with more time between it i've kind of been thinking more i'm like okay now i see some of those decisions and some very small things and how they all add up and like yeah no no it was it was a really good movie yeah. Um, I, I can't even say if it was the best pick of the ones I saw nominated for an Oscar. It was my favorite of that group, but I haven't seen a lot. Um, and what was it competing against to me once upon a time in Hollywood? Yes, it was way better than that. Yeah, you didn't. I remember I you one, didn't yeah. like that. But I mean, I well, liked it a lot. <laughs> Little Women is obviously the best Which, yes, I still picture. Seen. Which is fine. I mean, I get it. But Zach thought there was going to be an actual parasite in it. <laughs> So imagine his surprise. I mean, there are, there are multiple parasites. See, Christine, it's a metaphor. No, but like, you know how that one movie had a big kaiju? (laughs) (laughs) You know, oh my God, I just realized something. How dumb am I? Am I dumb or am I smart for realizing this? Or am I dumb for other people having realized this and me not? So um, Bong Joon-ho has made a movie called The Host. And a movie called Parasite. Yeah. Parasites feed on hosts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're so smart. Did Did you realize that a long time ago? Because I, I just mean, had that revelation two minutes ago. Yeah. They're words that mean things. <laughs> I mean, no. What does it mean? What does it mean? Just, you know, I'm just asking. Okay. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, I'm almost done. Bear with me. Take here. your time, girl. Uh, well, I saw Fantasy Island. <gasps> okay. What did you think? It's weird. It looked really fun. Was it fun? It's like, it's fun and weird. This It's like the same, it's weird. It's like the same creative team as the Lucy Hale Truth or Dare. Which, guess what? It's on my list of movies I watched this weekend. Did you watch Truth or Dare? I watched Truth or Dare, baby. She's really good in this movie, though. She's good like, in Truth or Dare, too. She, she is, but, like, I guess maybe I re-remembered. She's, she's good in this. She's funny and, like, I don't know. So this movie, I guess is does have twists or something i i look i don't know what this movie was about 
This movie's fucking weird. Mm. I just the whole concept of it. When I saw, I'm like, oh, they're making a horror film of Fantasy Island. It's okay. honestly, it's genius. It's interesting. It's it's, it's genius that they even decided to do it. Yeah, and it's it's they they don't pull punches like. I'm not spoiling anything. It's it is like mystical and magical. Okay, like it's not like it probably should be holograms and like drugs. Like it's really like weird shit is happening oh. on this island. Um, All right, I'm into it. It's I don't know if I would ever say it's good, but it's not bad, and it was fun start to finish. So okay. Um, rewatched Charlie's Angels, the newer one, because it's available places now. Um. You loved it, I, right? I yeah, I liked it. It's really good. Again, we we rewatched it, and I was like, "This is really good." I don't know. It's just it's just good. I get it. Chris, Kristen Stewart, man, everybody, <laughs> you don't sleep on her anymore. But uh, yeah, if I'm sure it'll end up streaming somewhere. At some yeah, point. at some point I'll see it. Um, finally rewatched Hereditary. Okay, I which I love, and I loved it on second time too. How where did you fall? Liked it more the second time. Nice. Very nice. Anything any, like specific that worked better for you? or? Well, I guess the first time I watched it, and this happens to me with The Shining, depending on my emotional state and where I am in my life, I will relate to different characters. Mm. Um, so it'll either be like a Danny watch or a Wendy yeah. watch, like depending on who, I, who I'm feeling. So the first time I watched it, I was very like, in Tony Collette's story. Yeah. Obviously, I mean, that's kind of what's happening. Yeah. But this time I was very much in the son story and it was heartbreaking mm, and upsetting. Yeah. yeah I get um, it. But it's really good. Um, definitely enjoyed it more than Midsummer. Not that it's like some kind of game where we're rating them. Right? Everything's a like, competition, Christine. It's not a contest, but like definitely. Woof. Yeah. That movie. It's it's so good. Um, I love both, and both for me played better on second time around too. Yeah, I I did you you didn't watch the Midsummer director? I haven't part, watched right? the director's cut yet. No, I don't I think it's available it. streaming. I think I'd have to. Yeah, buy it. okay, that's what we we've run into too. Yeah, I want to watch the director's cut, and me too. In I I think Florence will always be phenomenal in it, but I don't know if the story that surrounds her story works for me. Okay, fair. I don't know. I'll, I want to look at it again. Um, and the last thing I watched was a movie with a writing credit from uh, Nacho Vigalondo. I can't say anybody's name ever. He, who I love, Time Crimes. Okay. Time. Obviously, Colossal. Um, it is a movie from last year that I had never heard of that is in a red box near you right now called Paradise Hills. Paradise Hills, you say? Starring Emma Roberts, Aquafina, Mila Jovovich, what? and and that girl whose name I don't know that was in Dumplin'. Oh, the um oh, it's something well, like on, Darcy Malone-ish. Danielle, Danielle McDonald. I had a D. <laughs> hey, I had her initials right. I said Darcy you had Malone. Right. Yes. So, so he has a writing credit on it, um, along with the director, who is a lady. A lady, Alice um, Waddington. Yes. Is this movie good? I don't know. Is this movie weird? Yes. 
it's so weird and so gay and so cool and like i think 15 year old me might have been obsessed with it <laughs> like this is this is like the weirdest fucking movie nice. it's a book it's a weird movie it's like a twilight zone but like not okay and in like it's doing a lot of stuff and i don't feel like it used its time well because like it ends it ends really cool and really weird and Emma Roberts is like cool and looks cool and everything's so cool and I'm like why wasn't this the whole fucking movie does she play a bitch um not extraordinary not like I, I like when she plays like now I don't usually like the word bitch but I feel like I can use it with Emma Roberts because she can play a really good one she is bitchy okay okay um there's there's a lot of like cooperative ladiness but like there are times where you're like why is you there you know when you watch a movie and you're like well this movie has nothing to do this movie has nowhere to go mm-hmm. that's how this felt like there was long stretches where i felt like this movie is wasting time just to get to the end but then like the it had there's like a, a plot reveal and then the end happens and i was like wait why weren't you didn't you do this and act sooner and actually spend time with this cool idea. Okay. Interesting. That that being said, I'm glad I watched it. Again, I would rather roll the dice with something like this than something where a lady is tied up sure. somewhere. I get it. I get which it. arguably this is about ladies tied up somewhere. But it's different. <laughs> it's different. So that's my weird list. Okay. My list is pretty weird. I don't know if it's as weird, but it's pretty weird. Uh, yeah, so Parasite, we talked about. Uh, I also, one other Oscar movie I was able to cram in before the ceremony was uh, Noah Baumbach's Marriage Story. Oh, how was it? I'll never watch it. How was it? <laughs> Why will you never watch it? I have dubious feelings about Noah Baumbach movies. Understood. Um, I don't like Scarlett Johansson. Mm-hmm. I love Adam Driver, oh, and I don't need to be put through that pain. He is so good. I mean, oh, we know he's this. Best. He's always so good. He is so good in this movie. Uh, and it, it might be one of the first movies I've seen him play like a normal dude, just because I haven't seen as much as you have. And he is great as a normal dude. Uh, he sings at one point. Yeah. You should watch worry. that clip. I've seen a lot. I've okay. seen a lot of clips. Just as long as you saw that. That was important to me for you to see. Um, Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. It's, this is good. Um, it, yeah. Tell me if I should watch this, Emily. I don't Best know. friend, love of so, my life. So let me think. It's, it's pretty much what you think it's going to be. Um, it is a movie about a couple who are divorcing and they're a, he's a director and she's a film actress. So there's like all of that to it. it and it's written by Noah Baumbach and the whole time you're like, so is that Jennifer Jason Lee? Um, yeah, right. And like, yeah, there's a lot there and it's very, I don't know, like they live in Brooklyn and of course they do. So there's a lot of it that's a little bit insufferable if you if you let it be i guess if that makes sense yeah um but like i mean again he's great scarlett johansson's very good in it uh she's also somebody who i don't see play just a normal human being very often yep and she does it really well yeah and and she's she's really good i think it's interesting how 
um, the choices that he makes, I think, are clear that, and part of it, I'm sure this is, like, who knows how autobiographical it is, but certainly to an extent. And so it definitely, I would be hard-pressed for anybody to walk away and be like, well, whose side were you on? Because I think it's it's careful about doing that. At the same time, like, you walk away, you're like, well, obviously I'm on Adam Driver's side because he's Adam Driver and he's amazing. I think he, I think Noah Bamak also makes some smart decisions in that, like, he starts it off with Scarlett Johansson so that it's trying, I think in some ways it's trying very hard to make sure you're seeing her side because it'd be mm-hmm. very easy otherwise to see her as the villain. Um, I love Laura Dern, but I feel like she won an Oscar for playing the same exact role she played on Big Little Lies for which she won an Emmy for. Uh, it just, I like, mean, she- look. They like certain stuff. Oh, completely. It's so weird. And it just feels like she's fine. Like she's doing the, you know, power divorce attorney thing. And it's fun to watch her, but it just feels like you've been doing this role for the past five years and everything you've done. Um, it's fun to see Ray, Ray Liotta and he's great. And Alan Alda is great in it. So it's, it's good. Um, I'll never need to see it again. <laughs> like I, my life isn't better because I saw it. My life isn't worse because I saw it. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it, it should have gotten the nominations it got and should not have won them. I think that's fair to say. Um, okay, another movie from last year that I believe you were a big fan of. Um, this uh, it's a franchise you and I are both big fans of. Oh, what is it? Um, so got the Netflix disc for Annabelle Comes Home. Oh, yeah. Annabelle Comes Home. Tell me what happens in this So I prefer to call this movie Annabelle Annabelle Homecoming, because that's what I've been calling it all year. Oh, and that's the one in 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 their house In the the house, in the base. So it's uh, the girl from Jumanji is babysitting the girl from uh, the Hill House. And her friend comes over and is like, I want to communicate with my dead dad. So I'm going to go into your basement of haunted items and open them and unleash hell. She makes bad choices, but I'm not as mad as some people were about that. No, you know, at first I was. At first I was like, oh, man, come on. Like, there's like messing with something and then there's really messing with something. But very quickly, I think I think what this film does really well is it absolutely makes you care about and like characters that any other film you would not you would want them to die i was rooting for these girls i wanted all three to make it when the you know teenage love interest shows up i was rooting for him too um at a certain point like one thing i'll say is that i realized okay this is this this feels like a pg-13 horror film not in a bad way and not and i don't say that dismissively but Mm -hmm. in a way where i'm like okay then i know what's gonna happen i know how things are gonna end and honestly, that was okay. Like, because I got to a point where I didn't want to see really bad things happen to these very nice young women. Yeah. And aside from some very wonky CGI decisions about werewolves, because I don't think any movie should have a werewolf ever, um, I thought it. I thought it was scary. I thought it had some good jumps. I thought it was scary too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm repping for this movie. I. I don't. I. I think people really liked part two, and then we're kind of meh on this one what happened in part two why can't i remember this oh is that creation i can tell you why it's creation it's because part two came out around the same time as ouija the prequel the prequel yep. to the ouija board movie and it starred the same little girl yep and it, in other mike flanagan in movies and they all mean so same thing same same and they're both set in the 70s it's the whole thing yep. um so this one is also i remember in the 70s. there were a few things a few things in creation scared me too yeah 
Well, cause creation um, is all about the little girls, so yeah. there's that aspect to it. Uh, this one is a, is just a one haunted night, and it's like this would be a perfect sleepover movie. I I liked it too. I thought it did some interesting gags. Yeah. I thought it did a lot with the the small scale of it. Yep. And I like being in that room. It's it's yeah. weird. There's lots of weird shit in there. I don't know. Yeah, I did like it. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, yeah. I, and I figured you did, and I'm, and. It was one of those, like, I, I could see why Christine would like this, because it's the same reasons I like it. Yeah. Um, now, we mentioned I mentioned Truth or Dare, and I need to go into more detail about Truth or- Blumhouse's <laughs> Truth or Dare. <laughs> Not to be confused with the other movie called Truth or Dare that is essentially the same exact movie. <laughs> is it? Because I didn't see the other one. Yeah, the other one I watched um, about a year ago or so, and there's nobody recognizable in it. It's another college students playing truth or dare in a haunted location and Mm -hmm. what's funny is how many very specific similarities these two movies have like in both cases there's a love triangle between you know the main girl and her best friend and one of their boyfriends in both movies there's like a very quick lesbian kiss just to because it's truth or dare in both (laughs) movies there's a what i call the throwaway hot couple where there's, like, yeah. the couple who's always having sex and they're really hot for each other. But there's also, like, a very specific storyline of, oh, and the girl is nothing without the guy. She makes lets him make all the decisions. So then when he dies, then she's going to die right away. Like, and both movies do the same exact thing. That's uh, weird. I don't, and I couldn't tell you which one I like. This one is the, is the Snapchat filter one. Mm-hmm. And it's a shame because that Snapchat stuff is really stupid. And if you took that aspect out, I think this is okay as a movie. They, I remember it just not doing anything. Well, I, And then the ending was like, really? <laughs> I, I actually really like the ending because they do something very quickly in this movie, which is they do give Lucy Hale's character, who's, you know, your, your main final girl, they give her like... A very clear personality where it's like oh she's a do-gooder she's always thinking about everybody else she you know she volunteers she's constantly trying to do like she has a very utilitarianism-ness about her right mm-hmm. where it's like the way she even ends up going on this haunted trip is that she's supposed to do habitat for humanity but her friends are like well hey if you come to mexico we'll all come do habitat for humanity with you later so it's like you can have 10 people help or one person help so there's this constant like thing where she's always like thinking of the greater good so i liked the ending because it was very specific to that character trait of hers mm-hmm um, I get that. Yeah, I didn't. I don't remember. I don't think I hated it. I was just like, eh. yeah. Th- this is the like ex- either the extended or unrated version. That's this is on Hulu right now. I have no idea how different it is. It didn't feel. If I did not know this was a PG thirteen movie, I would never have thought it was. Because uh, there is some, and again, this could have just been because I was watching the an unrated cut. But like, it's dark and it's kind of mean and. There's some stuff that goes pretty dark, so I don't know. Like I assume people hated it because it was just like, oh, it's one of those like light PG-13 teen movies. But I found it just kind of more of like this felt like a straight to Netflix horror film that I would like. Yeah, I agree. I guess. Yeah, it's it does have that feel where it's like this is good for what it is. Exactly. But the fact that- 
that it got like a the, a, a well advertised theatrical. Yeah. You're like, this what? is all this movie's gonna do. Well, and thinking back and like, because this came out, I feel like this came out around the time people started giving Blumhouse a hard time for like never hiring women. Yeah. And I read like one tidbit on the IMD trivia about uh, Truth or Dare that was like, the director didn't have a script for the movie. He just pitched the idea to Jason Blum, who said, yeah, let's make that movie. And you, when you read that, you're just like, oh, but fuck you. You couldn't find a woman to direct any movies? Like, because this dude came in and was like, hey, I got an idea. It was okay. Like, there is something to that where when you start to think, this guy got this movie made for probably 10 million. Like it's, it's not, it's a low budget, but it's not a, you know, micro budget. For uh, sure. It just, that's when you, when it starts, if you think too hard about it, you can start to dislike things about it, I guess. Yeah, definitely. There's this, there's like the director, I think has a writing. I'm who couldn't be bothered to look up IMDb. Anyways, <laughs> there's a woman that worked that has a writing credit on this, that has a writing credit on fantasy Island as well. Interesting. Okay. And, and like, I, while I don't love, 75 people worked on this movie and one was was a woman. Oh yeah, there's like 10 know. screenwriters to this movie, which yeah, is very Yeah, we don't odd. know where she was in the process. Yeah. I this is my thing. I count it as like having female creative because what sure. if I was one of 75? I would want people to acknowledge my contribution. Yeah, absolutely. Uh another okay, another horror film I watched. Uh again, I th- I think you saw this and I can't remember what you thought about it. Um we had unfriended and now we, and we had friend requests and then we had another friend request and now we have unfriended dark web so this is the one where somebody gets buried depending on which cut you get yes fuck are you kidding me oh this I didn't is so, know that. this is so weird so i watched this this was the one um it's a sequel it's a sequel but it has nothing to do with the other unfriended Although it's also a Skype-based horror film, which is what other... And the other unfriend... This gets so confusing. This is the dark web one? Is this... No. But they're all dark web, aren't they? I mean, technically... Wait, what is this one again? So this... The, the, okay, here's something you might remember about Why this one. Why so hard? The maid from Get Out is in this one. Does that help? Shit, yeah. Maybe okay. I didn't see this one. Okay, so you had... Okay, uh, we got to walk through this, because the problem is there's a there's another movie that gets thrown into this mix that throws everything off. Unfriended, so what is this called again? Unfriended was about a bunch of teenagers who were having a Skype call, and then they started getting Loved it. killed by the ghost yes. of a girl they bullied because she pooped herself. Loved it. Yes. Thought it was great. The actress, the lead actress in Unfriended was also in a movie called The Den, which is also a movie set on a computer that yes. about a a woman who's like doing a research paper about internet chat rooms My and then ends up getting stopped. Yes. Then <laughs> you had friend request and another friend request, both of which were more like Facebook haunting. But friend request was also about a girl that got bullied and then gets revenge on people. Friend request is scary. You and I both I... liked friend request. I didn't really <laughs> find it scary, but I enjoyed it. The beautiful girl from... Um, With the beautiful hair that, from Fear the Walking Dead. Yes. Yeah, Fear the Walking Dead is in that one. And there were some scary things in that movie. I stand by that. I, I don't argue with you on that. I liked Friend Request and everybody else hated it. Okay, I like Friend Request too. So, so far I'm 100% dialed in with what's happening. So now you have Unfriended Dark Web, which presumably goes into the Unfriended universe, although... The first Unfriended was about an internet ghost. This Unfriended is kind of more about a den, if you will, 
of many um, very expensive, high-paid dark webbers who murder people and watch them and pay people to murder them. Mm-hmm. I 100% saw this movie. I did not like it. Okay. I forgot the woman from Get Out was even in it. So I will say <clears throat> I liked this more than the first Unfriended because I liked the characters more. That's they're, so wild. Yeah, they're really? older. They're, well, they're like in their 20s. Um, some of them have some... Pro- Here's what the movie does that I that I found a really important step. It has... Its main character, who seems like kind of the douchey, like, oh, here's your token duty white guy, and you kind of, you think it's going to be, like, just him screaming at a computer for two hours. But he, very early in the film, uh, he has the chance to, like, walk away, or the chance to try to save this girl that he realizes is, what do you know, probably getting tied up and killed. And he decides, I'm going to try, I have to help her. And that I thought was a really important choice because it put me on his side where I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm like, they had him make a choice in a way where now I care about this guy because he mm-hmm. cares about somebody else. He cares about a stranger. <laughs> he's doing the right thing. Okay. Credit to the movie. Um, and it, it like, I, I don't know. I, I found it effective. Like it had me, I kind of watch all these movies thinking you're all going to die. I'm going to start to see each Skype box get erased. Um, Am I going to care? And I actually did for this one. And I thought they did some creative things. Um, it gets really dark. Uh, it's unpleasant. It So there are apparently four different endings to this movie. Oh, boy. Really? Yeah. So there's the, the ending on Hulu, which involves a grave. And then I happen to look at the Wikipedia page for it. And I see, like, theatrical ending, uh, alternate ending, bonus dvd ending there were four very distinctly different endings to this movie so i definitely saw the it sounds very like you one. saw the hulu with the one i watched which is the hulu ending for whatever yeah whatever that is i don't and i don't think that was the theatrical one yeah i definitely didn't see this theatrically we yeah well very few people did this came i don't know why this even was released in the theaters because i don't think the first one was but it did and it, it had like one of the like worst opening weekends ever like i think it was i think oogie loves beat it so jeez. but i don't know i kind of liked it it's it's uh, for me i thought it was a well done very dark very mean internet horror film so if you want that i think it's worth watching this yeah, I get that. I really, I, I prefer the first one. Interesting. Yeah. Unfriended. Because I it was like a ghost, right? It was a ghost. I think, wasn't there a curling iron death? Or am I, or am I thinking of, no, I think there was a curling iron death. Or like a hair straightening death. Maybe. Did somebody fall off a roof in one of those? Or is that truth or dare? <laughs> uh, truth or dare, she falls off the roof, but she lands on a mattress. So it's okay. I have now officially gotten them all confused. Yeah. Well, and why, then, why have we seen so oh, many? I can make it even things? harder because I can throw in Ratter with Ashley Benson. That's also about like a pretty little liar being internet stalked from her computer. So yeah. Look, it makes sense that this is what we're talking about in the year 2020 because in the 90s, it was like early internet horror. In the 80s, we'd be talking about the same summer camp slasher over and over again. So it's mm-hmm. the world we live in, guys. Deal it's true. It. All right. A few more. I watched um, my Netflix disc. Uh, you know, so I go from watching Truth or Dare and Unfriended to a three-hour documentary about Lenny Reifenstahl. Oh, how was that? Uh, fascinating. Yeah, there's a – so this was done in like the mid-90s. 
Uh, it's called The Wonderful, Horrible Life of Lenny Reifenstahl. And for those who don't know, Lenny Reifenstahl was a filmmaker in Germany. Um, she was originally a dancer turned actress, and she went as while she was acting, she became interested in filmmaking and had a really, really good talent for it. So much so that she made um, some of the most influential, powerful propaganda films of the Nazi regime. Uh, so she did Triumph of the Will and Olympia and was sort of Hitler's unofficial filmmaker. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, did, like, pioneered some film techniques and invented, like, the Steadicam almost, in a sense. Uh lived survived world war ii she never was officially a member of the nazi party but you know she worked for hitler and never was never able to actually have a film career after that because i mean everywhere she went she was essentially blacklisted as somebody that made movies for hitler Mm -hmm. and she lived to be i think about 100 and so this film is interviews with her when she's about 90. And wow. I mean, she she was in, in incredible health for most of her life. She she was 90 years old, scuba diving and, and, you know, still traveling the world. And it's apparently it was supposed to be done as like just like an hour long sit down with her. And the filmmaker was able to like get more time with her and, and just kept going. And so it ended up being airing, I think it's like a mini series in England over three nights. Uh, and I got this on DVD from Netflix, and I don't think it's easy to find. It was one of those DVDs that you put in your DVD player, and it just starts playing. Um, yep. But it is... I mean, I I find uh, Nazi... Ger- the people around Nazi Germany, the ones that were not necessarily, you know, uh, pulling the strings and really making decisions, but the ones who kind of lived within it and worked within it and didn't fight it. I find that fascinating because it's so terrifying to me Yeah. Um, because you, you can understand it and, and to watch her and she is constantly denying things and constantly excusing things. And occasionally she'll, she'll, she can say things and, you know, there, there's a great moment when she talks about Hitler and how the first time she heard him speak and how powerful it was. And, Anybody that, you know, saw Hitler speak said that. There was no argument that he was a great orator. And then she talks about when he was, she um, heard him talk about art. And she sat there listening to him and she she knew art. And to hear him talk in that same powerful way, in, in a way that she totally disagreed with. And that moment that she realized, wow, if if he can speak this well about something that he knows nothing about, huh, yeah. How about that? Yeah. And you're just sitting there. You're like, yes, end. Yes, end. And she, I mean, she lived her whole life without ever apologizing, without ever, like, when, you know, she, when asked, she would say things like, well, I'm I'm sorry that my films were used this way or that they're interpreted this way. But she was very, very adamant about never really accepting responsibility for anything, in a sense. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, I mean, especially, like, for a woman of her time, fascinating, fascinating person. And if, you know, if you're interested at all, there is a three-hour documentary out there for you to watch. Uh, I mean, after all said and done, was it worth the uh, amount of time you put into it? For me, it was. I watched it, like, over the course of a couple of days. Um, I wouldn't sit there and watch it, like, nonstop for three hours. I think that would be a little much, but... As yeah. a, like, it, it took me probably about four days to get through. I just would ha- would turn it on when I had some time. 
Um, most she is speaking in German throughout it, but there is narration in English. It's all subtitled, so it's like you kind of have to watch it for that. But uh, mm -hmm. it's yeah. I mean, I I don't know. I found it fascinating. And I mean, this is me who you know complains about long movies often. Uh, on the, that is true. This yeah. is why I was surprised you committed <laughs> to something of that length. Well, on the subject of long movies, uh, USS Indianapolis, Men of Courage, is a two-hour and twelve-minute movie. Um, and this it, is a real movie. You didn't just make that up. This is a real movie, um, directed by Mario Van Peebles of rapid fame. Yeah. Also, son of Melvin, Melvin Van Peebles, uh, and this is so. I read a book that is about this. This, if you've seen Jaws, you know the scene where Quint is talking about uh, the, the when you know they're all singing and showing their scars, and then Quint has his monologue about being shipwrecked on in the middle of the Pacific, and when the sharks came. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, this is that movie. This this in the boat, and I didn't know all about this. I just read the book, so now I'm like the expert, obviously. <laughs> Uh, in nineteen forty five right pretty much uh we the u s had to deliver the nuclear bomb uh across the Pacific Ocean, so they could not do that um really by submarine they couldn't do it by fleet because then the Japanese army would know something was up and would start attacking so they took the USS Indianapolis, which was a large old ship of about a thousand men and had it deliver little boy and then on its way back um they still were not giving them any protection that they would normally you would have like other boats around you and they didn't because they still had to be a very secret mission and japanese um navy torpedoes the boat the boat gets shipwrecked a thousand men uh 200 die in the sinking then the other 800 are left in the Pacific Ocean for four days, where 500 additional men die. Uh, so you had a shipwreck, a one of one of the biggest, if not the biggest, I mean, I guess until 9/11, probably like disaster of. I mean, eh, see, I believe it's still like the single biggest fatality rate of a shipwreck, mm -hmm. of a military shipwreck. Um, and it is harrowing. And, and the book I highly recommend, it's, I think it's called uh, In Harm's Way is the book. And you had 800 men in the Pacific Ocean starving, getting eaten by sharks, um, dying of being exposed, dying of dehydration, going crazy and drinking salt water, and then having their lungs basically turn inside out. Um, eventually they are rescued, but only 317 make it out alive. Uh, fa fascinating story, really insane for a lot of reasons. Um, this movie isn't terrible. This movie is also not that good. It, uh, stars, part of this is the problem, I think. When you think, like, boat captain, mm -hmm. navy, respectable boat captain, like, do you think Nicolas Cage... Oh, I mean, I think Hollywood would want me to think that. No, like, so you have Thomas Jane in this movie, and when he shows up at one point, I'm like, God damn it, why wasn't Thomas Jane that cast in that part? Like, yeah. Nick, and it's not even his fault, like, but Nicolas Cage comes now with so much baggage, and he's- This is true. And like, he, so he's playing a Navy captain, <laughs> he doesn't look right for the part, he doesn't, it's not even that, like, he's doing anything wrong, it's just- He's Nicolas Cage. I can't get that out of my head. He does not look like he should be the captain of this boat. And so it just 
constantly because of that just doesn't feel like the weight it should have. It, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. very lazy about like, oh, here's like a couple, a handful of, of young characters that you're going to recognize throughout the film. These two are in love with the same woman. And you're like, and that's pretty much all you get from like the young characters you're supposed to remember. Um, it's some of the filmmaking's really rough. Some of the CGI is really rough. Some of it's okay. Um, it, and then it like, they get out of the water. Spoiler alert. You know, they survive and you're like, okay, why do we have 25 minutes of this movie left? Wow. Like, and in the book, it makes sense because there's a lot to go over. You're still talking yeah. about people who survived. And and there was a pretty big um, denouement to this because the Navy had to scapegoat somebody and they end up, and this is absolutely true, they put the blame on Nicolas Cage's character. And then the men are very against that and like worked for years to try to clear his name. And and that's fine as a as a as a bit of history and it's interesting to learn about it is not interesting to watch um yeah i'm gonna be real with you that sounds like a nightmare you would hate this movie you would definitely hate this movie yeah i didn't hate it um it was one of those like when you you know when you read a book and like you know the movie's not gonna be good because everybody has said the movie isn't good but you just can't help but watch it because you're really curious to see it on film Mm -hmm. That, that was this so yeah, I, but I do recommend everybody read the book. Uh, and then last, um, finally watched in part because Better Call Saul, I believe, comes back soon. So I figured, I don't know, but if El Camino had anything to do with it, I should watch it. So I watched the Breaking Bad oh, you movie, watched it. El Camino. Yes. Did you? I can't remember if you were a Breaking Bad person. Um, It was on and I was around, but I don't think that I enjoyed it. Breaking Bad or El Camino? Yeah. Yeah, Breaking um, Bad. So I don't need any any extended universe. I get it. I get it. I I like Breaking Bad. I really like the first four seasons of Breaking Bad. I think they're amazing. I hate the last season. Maybe that's a strong statement. I have not rewatched it since it aired, so I might not feel as strongly as I did that first time. But I felt like you had a show that spent four years deconstructing a good guy and showing that deep down he wasn't. Um, and then in your fifth season, you realize, oh, crap, but we have to end it. So let's bring in Nazis because they're worse than everybody. Oh, fun. And and also it did this the same time Sons of Anarchy did it. So I just I know I had like a chip on my shoulder from when Nazis would show up in something because it just seemed like the easiest narrative tool one could have. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, regardless, I figured eh, I but I've loved Better Call Saul. I think Better Call Saul is outstanding television. I I somehow love it more than Breaking Bad even when it's not about big things it's so specific and small and yet can make a comma seem fascinating Um, Mm -hmm. but El Camino was fun I mean it felt like a couple of episodes of Breaking Bad mashed together Um, what's his name is great Um, Aaron Paul who I always think is Ben Foster and in my mind they're the same person (laughs) Um, it's nice to see, like, you know, because Jesse kind of was always, was, was always the sideman, so it's good to see him carry a movie. He does it well. There's some very Breaking Bad-esque moments of, like, lots of tension on something very little. Um, it's exactly what you want it to be if you wanted a, like, quick continuation closure of Breaking Bad. So, I enjoyed it. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. yeah, it seems like people who knew what they wanted out of it were happy yeah what they got i'd say that yeah um but that was everything i've watched so on that note 
we should take a break. We should, I don't know, put on some... uh, What would you even call what anybody in this movie wears? (gasps) The most beautiful outfits. You're talking about Juliette Lewis. I'm talking about Ray Fiennes. You know what? That's how I would dress. That might be true. Yeah, it seems right. All right, we are going to take a break, come back, and jack in. When the going gets tough, the tough get going, 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 going. So, Catherine Bigelow is fresh off of Point Break, I guess, was probably what she made right before then. I'm saying that, but I might be wrong. Let's see. In, yeah, Point Break is 91. She does a miniseries episode of something called Wild Palms in 93, and then she does Strange Days in 95. Probably because apparently it took a good year of development just for the um squid scenes they invented cameras they did Mm -hmm. different technology so this was one of those movies fairly expensive i believe i mean i would believe it just based on what is in front of you um and it's a story about new year's eve 1999 as always is the case with our main feature we will be spoiling this movie so if you haven't seen it um go on the internet and track down a copy and then have a listen christine tell me the plot of strange days or the nine d5 different plots of strange days a lot you're not wrong there is a lot happening happening in this there's too much Um, happening there's you know what there's too much happening in it but also like i like a lot of the things that are happening so like it's kind of like a murder mystery at the heart of it very much yeah so but except, like except it, there's Mr. Mul- it, multiple murder mysteries. Exactly, but the, like the main murder um, happens in like it's kind of in the background and it pushes to the forefront. I don't even know what is this movie about. Like, it's about like it's about like racial tensions and uh, like expensive gas and virtual reality, but not. It, because you can like it's like you're there man and like stealing people's experiences i don't there's so know. much going this, on there's a lot going on did this feel like a brian de palma movie to you you know it wouldn't have been my immediate um reference but i could see it i could see there it. there were especially blowout there well, were a fi- you know a what couple part- 
Yeah, it's now that you're saying it, there's something very specific to me that I think is probably what you're talking about. Um, it is the voyeuristic aspect, which is very De Palma. For sure. But also even just like the end being like a big celebration mm. and that felt a lot like the end of, of Blowout to me. And I still like, haven't seen Blowout. And like Blowout is predicated on somebody, it's it's very audio based okay. and it's predicated on somebody like witnessing mm. some underhanded dealings whereas this is is similar like somebody oh, accidentally much. catches a murder on tape um or on whatever squid disc. yeah um so it, it was very so the once i started watching it like that i was like oh this is very good but like yeah, i could see this wanting to lose me a couple times yeah. it was this movie almost dared me to give up on it and i did 10 years ago i definitely watched this a while back and i'd been excited because i had always heard things about it a lot of our kind of movie friends and such this like comes up a lot and every, and everybody loves it and i even remember when it came out i was i was excited when this came out because it would have been 1995 so i was reading yep. entertainment weekly that was like my friday routine and I thought, wow, how cool is this? There's this sci-fi action thriller directed by a woman. Like, this sounds so neat. And I just never got to see it for years. And I always thought, like, oh, this movie is going to be so good for me. I'm going to love it. And when I watched it, I think I either – I probably started watching it and was, like, not paying 100% attention and was then turned around and was like, what the fuck is going on in this movie? Yeah. And then probably sat there and, like, read my email or something else. Yeah, you. it feels like – from just stepping back, it feels like it could be like these are terrible references, but I think you'll know what I'm getting at. It feels like it could be like a hackers or a a, a crow. But then oh, when yeah. you get into it, you're like, oh no, this is a De Palma movie. It's a grown up movie, yeah, but it's for like sure. I read oh god, somebody I saw like one review or one like essay about it <laughs> that had a great line. Uh, the line was, it is very much a victim of the 90s dystopia starter kit we all bought into Circa the Crow. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, yes. it's not just because that dude is in both of them. It has like, it helps, serious but yeah. vibe. Yeah, no, very much. Because it is. It's like, I mean, it's very, I guess, cyberpunk, um, which is one of those fascinating things that ages weirdly, because sometimes it looks mm -hmm. out of date. Sometimes you're like, oh, no, that's about right. <laughs> like, um. There, but it, it's it's just so ambitious Very in terms ambitious. of story because you have let's try to like focus on what the stories are you have like you said there's this underlying mystery that frames the movie of a rapper named jericho one who has been murdered and it's the guy from showgirls right Yes, yeah. it is one hundred percent. That's, 100%. That's my dimension. reference. Yes, and Saw too, and many other random things, but primarily showgirls. So you had a rapper who was like a fuck the police rapper who, mm -hmm. um, who is is found dead, and that's just sort of there throughout the movie. And this movie is set in L.A., and this movie is very inspired in many ways by the Rodney King riots. Yep. Um, More than I expected. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah. So you have that going on. Separately, Ray Fiennes was a police officer, was kicked off the force, apparently for his, like, something he did. Like, I think at one point we're supposed to... We don't, but... This is very confusing, because you think, like, oh, it was probably, like, he was wrongfully fired. But 
throughout the movie, there's this, like, like whatever you call it, like, police commissioner who you think is a villain. You think, like, oh, that's the asshole police commissioner who probably didn't like Ray Fiennes because he knew something. But then at a certain point towards the end of the movie... Um, Ray finds tells Angela Bassett, "Oh, go to the, this guy for help because he's the straightish. Like he's actually a straight guy who who will like." And you're like, "Oh, so Ray finds was a dirty cop, okay?" And so, so, yeah. So there's that. So then you know. So then Ray finds whole thing is that he's, um, he's a dealer of. <laughs> As I, I think I said to your husband, um, the most millennial statement I've heard in a movie made in 1995, I sell experiences. <laughs> there was some shockingly relevant things. Very much. Very much. So like, like I know it's supposed to take place right on the cusp of 2000, but some of it was like, oh, this this literally happened yeah. like two years ago. Well, like yeah. the gas prices and shit. Yep. I was like, this is very very relevant and i mean very like unfortunate by the you know the cops killing black men like oh for sure you know crazy how that's still happening yeah it's weird how this was a problem that somebody made a whole movie a whole ass major release about yeah and then like I don't know. We just for, we, we we pretend like it's something new every time something happens. We're shocked again. Yeah. Like this been had been a this was never not a problem. You assholes. I don't <laughs> yeah. know. Uh, and so yeah. So you have this going on. You have Ray Fiennes, who's really just trying to get back together with his girlfriend. He he loves Juliette Lewis so much. So he and Juliette Lewis were together, and then they stopped being together do you know why it seemed like they were trying to suggest that he was like addicted like he became like addicted to squid but that didn't make sense because it seemed like he only became addicted to it after she left him yeah so i don't know if i just missed that or it wasn't clear either but she ends up with the guy from the crow or the guy or cousin from robin and prince of thieves if you're me if you're you who is hot sometimes, but also not. Oh, and I, uh, I mean, it's because my frame of reference for him was Robin Hood, so I n- I've never found him hot. He's not hot in this movie, I guess. Is I would say alert. he's not hot in this movie, no. So he, but did you already say that he is the owner of the record label that the guy <sighs> from... <laughs> so that the, ra- so the rapper who was shot was part yeah. of his record label... Um, so you think like, oh, did he have him killed to sell more records? That's what I thought it was going to be. I didn't even think that until the end. There was too yeah. much else going but on. But no, it turns out that he didn't have him killed. But because he was his, like, basically he had like kind of prostitutes working for him. And the prostitute he sent to Jericho one, he had her, her like basically doing surveillance. Um and he's trying to cover up the cops having killed his artist because he doesn't want his other artists to know that he's filming them. Right. Which that, no, that is a hundred percent right. But why that makes sense in the context of the movie is because he's addicted to wearing that head thing. Too. I honestly, so he's like, I forgot about that. <laughs> he's like lost his marbles at this point. He's completely not okay and super paranoid and he's acting and the movie even says he's being really irrational and this doesn't make sense. Then it happened a lot. Now, here's something I honestly forget now at this point. 
is it him? Because we haven't even gotten to Tom Sizemore. <laughs> no, and we haven't even gotten to Vincent D'Onofrio. Or Angela Bassett. Oh, it's true. There's Angela Bassett's in this movie. Did you know? She's, okay. like, she's like the co-star. Unrelated to everything, did you know Angela Bassett was in Critters 4? No, I don't think Okay, I'm looking that. at her IMDb and I'm like, trying to figure out, I'm like, was this her first kind of like action-y movie? Because she's such a good action star. She looks so good for oh, it. And like, she's not so used good. enough for that. And in this, like, she does get to be badass. And then I'm looking at her credits, I'm like, Critters 4, wow. So, sorry for that diversion, but I found it fascinating. Um, so, okay, so, okay, for, uh, oh, God, so much. No, it's, it's a lot. Because, so, so, so you have Ray Fiennes and he knows Angela Bassett because when he was a cop something bad happened with Angela Bassett's husband and, and Ray Fiennes was nice to her kid so now they've been friends like, ever since and and this like, oh my god so again here's something else that I don't understand first of all what happened because at first it's like oh the, her husband was killed but no she says her husband's in jail right yeah okay her so husband that. does something when the kid's at home and the okay. police come that's it so and and that flashback like she's a waitress like she clearly is like dressed like a diner waitress for sure but in those presumably no more than 10 years probably far less than that um, yeah, the kid didn't look that much bigger. No, like, she's become this, like, fucking badass bodyguard, bodybuilder limo driver. Times have changed. I guess. She has to take She'd care of herself. Very quickly. Um, and so, she did a bang-up job. She she is a goddess, my God. She's one sure, of those women I look at, and I just think, like, are, am I the same species? Am Like, could I look like that if I tried? And I don't think well, I could. I, I honestly know. Like, she's really great in this and at she first I, I know she's billed second and at first I was like well she doesn't feel like she's in this movie mm-hmm. like when is she going to be in because this movie because it's not her story for the first 45 to 55 <laughs> minutes all of a sudden it's her fucking it movie well because it, what, and this I actually kind of like is that she essentially you sort of have like a very standard detective story going on where like you have Ray Fiennes as the kind of low life scummy detective who's obsessed with this femme fatale who did him wrong but who he's still in love with and that seems to be what your story is and that he seems to be like oh he should be your hero but at that point it's like an hour 20 in when basically when Angela Bassett realizes what they have found which is we have proof that cops killed shot this man in cold blood that's really big that needs to be shared we need to do something about this because it's important for society that suddenly like she becomes the hero because she's standing there saying no it's our duty to tell people about this it's fucked up and he's and he has a change of heart but there's that you know moment early on where it's him saying you know well no i i'm just in this for my girl i'm just trying to get my girl back and so there's something kind of cool about this sort of flip and that when she becomes the hero and is fighting a totally different battle than he's fighting, which again, there's too much going on in this movie, but I do like and respect how they sort of almost like very slyly turn it into a story about a black woman getting justice in a sense. Yeah. Right. But there's just I, so much going on. There's a lot going on. So, so there, that there's that, like repositioning of the story which is honestly good because Mm -hmm. like that's what i guess this movie ends up being about so i'd rather her 
be in it more than Rafe finds just reacting to this yeah. stuff. But so also Tom Sizemore is in it. <laughs> so Tom Sizemore is Rafe Fiennes' buddy who's a PI and he's been hired by the guy from The Crow to to follow Juliet Lewis. Mm-hmm. So so there's all this intrigue. And then he so the whole time but while all this is happening, Ray finds is getting these like like little experiential discs of like people getting people involved with the the murder of this rapper, getting little like information about their deaths. And he's like, who could this madman be? <laughs> and they're like doing this weird stuff where like he puts the little helmet on them when he kills them. So then like he they experience themselves die through his eyes, which is really weird. Well, this to me was pure peeping Tom. Oh, for sure. Completely. Because yeah. they, I mean, they explain it. Like, at first you just think, and it's, it's, it's a pretty, like, rough scene. Um, and it's one of those scenes where I think this movie becomes very interesting as a Catherine Bigelow-directed film. Because there is a really pretty rough rape scene. And you're, you're watching it. It's, it's like, it's not easy to watch. And there's this whole layer to it. Because you are watching it as a, another character witnessing it. But yes, what this killer does is he puts the device on his victim so she is seeing it through his eyes and so it's very much that moment in peeping tom where you find out why is it so horrifying it's because he is he has a mirror on his camera where he's filming women witness that real realize they're going to die mm-hmm. and that to me i was like oh i'm like it's it's it is de palma ish but it's definitely peeping tom and well, you know what's really sad, actually? The actress who plays the woman who is raped and murdered, she hasn't done that much else. Um, and this is her IMDb picture. Her IMDb picture is her, like, w- gagged, looking at the camera with these dead rape eyes. It's kind of awful. Um, yeah. And I don't think, I mean, it's, it is a brutal rape scene. It, I guess it should, it, I mean, it needs to convey the weight it's Catherine Bigelow is a, is a strange director when it comes to violence. She loves violence. She has directed extremely violent films. Um, I mean, Point Break for being kind of a movie we all think about as like a pretty fun action, like groovy 90s California movie. The violence in Point Break is really, really brutal and, and rough. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't like, I, I don't disapprove of that. I don't mind that. I'm, I'm me. I like a good violent film. But I think there is something very interesting in how obsessed she is and interested she is and how much she seems to, like, be obsessed about filming this kind of violence. It, yeah, you're, I didn't really even think of that. You're right. Point Near dark, point break. It, it is, it's a, it's a thing. Oh, yeah. I, I think it was handled uh, so uh, you know like i say like tied up in a basement movies and mm-hmm. stuff like that like it really didn't become lecherous or like yeah it's it didn't revel in no its no it didn't it didn't which is good yeah because I, I mean obviously things like that happen so it can it... right and if you're going to have a character like if, if if the rape and very brutal murder of a woman is going to be a part of your film, you can't treat it lightly. You don't necessarily have to show it, exactly. but you have to acknowledge 
what it is. And I, what I, and something everybody is affected by, like, yes, like physically affected by it. It yeah. is treated like a, like a, an upsetting, yes. awful thing. And it's used as a motivator, which I know we, in a lot of other people, have issues with when sure. somebody's trauma and death is used to motivate other characters. But in this story, it made sense. Like, because this woman that this happens to has been trying to get in touch with Ray Fiennes. Like, he's trying, yeah. she's trying to tell him something. So this is like a, it's not like she just shows up, like, it's a lead up. Right. Like, this is, and, and this is a, a sending a message. Like, this is what's happening. I don't know. It was that, I remember, you're, you're right. I remember watching it and going like, oh, this could have been so upsetting. Yeah. Not to say that it wasn't upsetting. Right. But it was upsetting in the right way, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was upsetting in a way that it got, it it treated it with, with the heaviness it needed. And that's um, Michael Wincott doing that, right? Not Tom yeah. Sizemore? No, it's, okay. Tom, it's always Tom Sizemore, right? It is Tom. I don't know. I honestly don't know. It Maybe it is Tom Sizemore, but he had to do it and then record it so that Michael Wincott could rewatch it? Right? But, um, it's always Tom Sizemore, right? It's never. Wait, I don't know who did anything in this movie anymore. No, I don't. I th- I feel like it is because then <laughs> there's that point where like, because then the other big reveal is that Tom Sizemore and Juliet Lewis are actually together, but not. No, it was Tom Sizemore because there's the reveal of when they pull his terrible wig off. <gasps> yes, that is a great wig. Because the whole time you're watching it, you're like, man, why would anybody put a wig on Tom Sizemore? We know he doesn't have hair. And then you're like, which, oh, and so does the movie. Which very De Palma as well. There, yes, you're right. You're very right. That whole scene, to be honest with you, felt like body double. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, so it was all, oh God, I'm so confused. But like, but like Juliette Lewis was in on, well, like not in on it, but she was acting like her and Tom Sizemore were like, like doing it and like she was an asshole, but she wasn't. Well, they because, were, I feel like they were doing it. Well, they were doing it, but she was just like doing, doing, doing it as a means to an end. She was, right. he like thought like, oh, this is my chick now and we're together and we're going to kill everybody and she's going to run away with me. But I don't think that was ever her intention. Yeah, I would agree. I think she, I, I think she, and again, like it's a, that very typical femme fatale character of she realized she's in a situation she can't get out of. So she has to just start using her tricks to, to survive it. Yeah. So she knows she can't just leave Michael Wincott. Um, here's a guy that can help protect her. And I guess between all of that, she still does really love Ray Fiennes. Yes, because she's pushing him away to try to protect, to protect him. him. Yeah, it's the Harry and the Hendersons move. Yeah. Leave! Get out of here! Go! Go! We don't want you! We don't want... Oh, it's so sad. Always. But um, then... <laughs> so, but then something else that I do want... Because that I think is important. And I had a lot of feelings while watching it. And I think in the end I was satisfied. But I went on a journey. So Angela Bassett's <laughs> character... Yes. Who, and I don't remember anybody's name in this movie. Angela no. Bassett's character is in love with Ray Fiennes. Yes. And Did you not like that? Because I loved it. So, I, it, at first I didn't. And here's why. First of all, I th- okay, Ray Fiennes is a little bit miscast in this movie, I think. You shut your mouth. He is doing some James Woods in this movie. So, so 
the whole time I was like, "Ooh, imagine if James Woods wasn't awful. He'd this would be great." <laughs> I really thought you you thought he was miscast. I well, here, let me explain. Okay, I think he Sorry. does exactly what he should do as an actor, but I think he's too good looking. I feel like But he's this, like supposed to be smooth and like yeah. I feel like he's supposed to be kind of slimy and not I don't know. I, I felt like if this and I forget who was supposed to be cast in the part. Apparently like Catherine Bigelow really fought for Ray Fines. Um but it was I mean somebody else in mind first. Like I almost feel like a God, like not an Al Pacino type, but like like, or maybe even like a De Niro type. And just using them as an example of somebody who is not conventionally handsome, who can play a kind of smarmy... I feel like Ray Fiennes felt a little too white knight when he was supposed to be kind of a cheap version of a guy that maybe deep down could become a white knight. Yeah. It could have been purely personal preference. I I get that I and I'm not disagreeing with you I just I literally never thought that mm. I I bought it from the jump yeah so now granted if Rafe if if that is what Ray Fiennes is looking like and I'm Angel Bassett I still might have a crush on him because he's a very handsome man and and it really does explain why she why she puts up with so much and why she gets so upset yeah at him at the, when she's first introduced when she's first introduced she's so upset at him and you're like well is it just because he's that level of a fuck up but she still ends up helping him and then right. when she's like like hey asshole i like you basically i'm like yeah. you know that kind of tracks it for does. me it does fit i think the issue i had was uh, i feel and this i mean this hey the heart wants what it what it wants but in watching this movie i'm like angela bassett is so awesome in this movie like she is hot she is smart she has a lot of shit to deal with she's a single mom in a um economy that's probably very difficult to be a single mom in and yet she's like just really like the kind of woman that like isn't is awesome and intimidating and all that and so to see her like fuck up her life often in this movie for this guy and to think like oh you're in love with this guy you I, I guess i felt she could do so much better but within the movie i accepted that maybe well first of all clearly society sucks and maybe she couldn't because maybe there wasn't much better than him um mm-hmm. and i accepted that like no i i get it i get their chemistry i get i think she sells it really well um i just because i just again like the the pragmatist in me is watching this woman who in the beginning is like this is my job. Don't fuck up my job. Don't fuck up my car. I have to, you know, I have to get back. I'm late for this pickup, blah, blah. And then like, you know, 45 minutes later, the car gets completely destroyed. It's in the middle of the ocean. It's bullet ridden everywhere. And I'm thinking, how is she going to explain that to her bosses? For sure. But also I think she's, she's kind of messy and she kind of enjoys yeah. the drama and to do something that's not just, boring because she is like when oh my god oh my god so so vincent d'onofrio and that oh, other William guy who's, yeah who's bizarrely hot in both. this they're both um, really bizarrely even though they're gross it, evil racist cops it's who I hate, so but, ridiculous so yeah. they're they're the cops that killed the rapper yes they're just them two it's not like a, it's not like a conspiracy a, they're just not a cop cops. Thing. 
Which is, a, again, a weird choice, but I guess you made your statement. You wanted to kind of pull it back a little bit. So it's just them. So they're on the hunt, too. So they're looking for the, the girl who witnessed it and got away, and they're looking for this tape. So they keep showing up. And so when they get in their big truck and they're chasing down um, Angela Bassett and Ray Fiennes, she is so fucking excited to do crazy driving. Right, it's right. so fun. Yeah. She's like, yeah. And yeah. So, and like she's, she's so confident like, about it. She's like, yeah, I'm driving this car. Yep. It was really fun. Yeah. She's like, yeah, we're going in the water. I will find a way out of this. Trust me. Have you seen my arms? Yeah, it was. So I don't know. I kind of think. And then she and then once we find out what happened and she definitely feels like like a moral obligation to continue with this and get this information out and and stuff. I kind I kind of under her. I understood her motivation. Oh, by then completely. Yeah. Well, and I love that moment. Yeah. Well, when she's like, look, I'm in love with you. I've been in love with you. But this is more important. Like, that's a great yes. moment. Yes. And there's something so again. Forget. We were saying. We're forgetting something oh, else. Oh, no. I, I was going to say, there is something I think also very powerful and very, um, what's the word? Like, not predictive, but like, it's something that we've seen a lot the last couple of years just in terms of politics of like, oh, who who actually is really making a difference and who's that, like, what is the the population if you're just going by demographics who is the demographic that is actively and i mean for the sake of just politics we'll just say helping to get uh republicans out of office black women mm-hmm. like that that was the the key and that was the vote that you look at the last couple of years and like the big alabama governor or senator or like all those big elections where you started to see more and more like yeah Un- respect understand give them a voice because they haven't had one like there's something to that that i find and whether it was just purely coincidence like i don't know if it was always meant to be a black female character in that part i don't know but when you put angela bassett in there it has a statement that has lasting power 20 years later mm-hmm. yeah for sure that's which is not easy to do no i mean this is like a this is a, a future. It was made a, as a future movie, but it's a past. Yeah, movie and it's for a computer us. movie in the '90s, which usually doesn't age so well. Yeah, but I think it does age really well. I mean, yes, it has very '90s stamps to it, just in terms of the cat. Like the fact that you have Michael Wincott as a long-haired villain again. Like, yes, yeah. it's a '90s movie, but the ideas behind it and the poli- weirdly enough, the politics behind it. You know, some of them are very on the nose, they're very obvious, but they are still a conversation 20 years later, which is more mm-hmm. depressing and a sad sign of our culture than anything else, but still. Yeah. It, it's a, it's, there's a lot going on to, to the, it, and it reaches a tipping point where it could have completely ruined it. Yeah. They're just just how many threads so and they all come together and everything makes sense and everything was there for a reason. It's not like it's bloated for no reason. But like you said, it felt very ambitious. Yeah. And I can see why this this did bomb in the theaters. It it was again, it was an expensive movie. It did not do well at all. It actually hurt Catherine Bigelow's career for a while. Because, uh, you know, women can't make one film that doesn't do well. They'll never work again. Never um, work again. Yeah. And I could see why, just because even if, 
like if if the, and the way this movie was advertised, like this was presented as like a you know a hip techno thriller end of the world action. Yeah, flick. like action packed. Yeah. and shit. It's a very yeah. complicated murder mystery with a lot going on. Yeah. That is two and a half hours long oh, in 1995. Yeah. In 1995, yeah. It's, Ooh, it's a little much. I, I honestly didn't love this movie. Um, but I did find it very interesting. Um, good, really great at some things. Okay at others. Um, <laughs> could probably have used a polish on the script, script and dialogue, but you know, I'm not making movies in 1995. What do I know? No, uh, what do you know? Yeah, you know. Um, but it's it's one of those like there isn't not to say there isn't anything like it because sure, like we just mentioned eight movies that it reminded us of one way or another. But it's it's cool that it exists the way it does. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Um, I agree. I will. I feel like we're wrapping up. I just want to say that I really liked um, all of Juliette Lewis's dresses, and I really liked her performances. She's, I love Juliette Lewis. I I always have, like, and I love when she gets to really be Juliette Lewis, mm-hmm. and she gets to fucking be Juliette Lewis in this movie. It's pretty great. Yeah. Like, she's wearing, I don't what would you even call her outfits? They were, and I said this to Zach, it's like when Rose McGowan went to the VMAs. <gasps> You're with, so right, um, Marilyn Manson. Marilyn Manson. Yes. Or some MTV award, yeah. music awards or movie awards. Um, it's exactly like that dress. Yep. And yep. she has like, she has like two different versions of it. And then this like skin tight, like iridescent high necked mm-hmm. dress. Oh my God. Yeah. I, all of these dresses, beautiful. Yeah. 90s fashion live forever it's sort of like somebody took like mardi gras beads and tangled them up and then like threw them at juliette lewis and it was a project runway challenge and she's like i made a dress out of it like that's what i yeah yeah yes she draped like like threads across her and that was her dress and you're like okay i guess it's, it's working for you why not yeah i like i liked all of that so much yeah that's it <laughs> no that that is very important I'm i'm glad you mentioned it yeah. So the oh, and the other thing that like men we mentioned at one point, but like the the squid stuff, that point of view, um, we get a couple of scenes where we see like what these this, these videos look like, and they basically look like hardcore Henry or hardcore Harry, whatever that movie was that came out a couple yeah. Of years ago. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's like first person shooter, but you know, as film, and it's pretty cool. The- the opening one where it's like a um like a, a high, uh, bank a robbery yeah, we're yeah, up yeah, yeah. robbery that one was really well filmed yeah. i yeah. thought and it, when you read about it like technically there was a lot going on there and they really did develop new camera techniques to make that work and of course they did that's pretty cool so yeah so i mean it's i think it's a recommend from me certainly from you it sounds like a bigger recommend yeah, I mean, I definitely didn't know what I what I was getting into, but I didn't expect it to be so quietly character driven. Yes, and predicated on a murder and racial violence. Like I didn't know what this movie was, but so if I had gone in with a little bit more of like expectations, I guess I might have been disappointed. Mm-hmm. Sure. So I guess know what you're watching. Yeah. But I liked it more than I 
thought I would, especially when I was like, oh, this is just a mid-90s De Palma movie. <laughs> yeah, so if you can find it, good luck, but we do recommend it. All right, um, before we go, Christine, do you have a streaming recommendation? I did. I had to go look and see to jog my memory. What you got? Um, Amazon Prime? Mm-hmm. Fighting with my family. Uh, it's been on my queue. I was so excited because I wanted to watch it for a really long time. And I kept like thinking, well, it's going to come to streaming soon. It's gonna come... And finally it has, but we haven't watched it yet. It did. I liked it a lot. Yep. I've so, heard great that's, things. That's my recommend. It's got Florence Pugh. Woo! Who's great. Um, I will go with my recommend. Um, I probably have talked about it before, but it is concluded. So I feel like it's a good time to watch it. Uh, Netflix's BoJack Horseman. Yeah, I should watch that. You're not the only person that has, has yeah. recommended that. Yeah, it's, I think one of the nice things about, you know, a, a show is that when it ends and you can look back and say, like, how to do, and they just aired the last, I think it was eight episodes, and it, it's a fantastic ending. It, it doesn't, um, <laughs> to compare it to another show like Breaking Bad, where I feel like the thrust of that show was turning a good man bad and then scrambling to redeem him um bojack horseman is is not it is about a guy who's done really shitty things and in the final season he really has to deal with them and it doesn't shy away from how hard that is how um you know not unfair but how unpleasant that is especially when you want to forgive somebody but maybe you Mm -hmm. shouldn't um and and all around that, it's very funny and weird and has some great visual things going on. And uh, yeah, it's, I, if it, it's, a, again, whenever I talk about it, I always say the first season's good, but not what the show becomes. And then you get to season two and you see where the show, like how much more the show has to offer. So mm-hmm. always recommend for somebody who hasn't uh, delved in yet. So. Okay, I might do it. All right. I look forward to hearing about it. Because Jason recommended it to me as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. So trust us. I, tr- I trust yeah. you guys. Yeah, on everything but a chorus line, apparently. Uh, <laughs> okay. And then I had a thought for the next show. Did you have anything, Bernie? <gasps> what? Okay. So no, um, I picked this one. I was so proud of myself. I know. I was very proud of you for picking it. You like, and you just came right came out right. You were like, I don't know how about Strange Days. I'm like, yes, let's do it. Oh wait, I can't find it. But no, we're gonna find I'm a way very to do bad it. At I know you. You just you you. I think you get nervous and you you do. don't have faith in yourself, and you should. Um, so, so I was thinking, I'm like, you know, we've done now, like, we've really kind of focused on like, okay, let's not do movies by white men, um, which has been great. The one problem I know for myself, a blind spot, I think I'm fairly aware of having and, and don't do enough about it is I'm a white woman and whether I do it consciously or unconsciously, I tend to watch a lot of films made by people not of color. So I'm like, oh my god, you know, what are you gonna pick? We should right we now? should do a movie by by if if we you know let's do a movie by a woman and let's do see what we can find of a movie directed by a woman of color. And what are you picking right now? So I'm just I'm, I knew the movie. I just wanted to remember the name of the director. Um, Gina Prince by the Wood. Her name is actually by the Wood. Um, who did? One movie I saw and really loved. I can't remember the name of it now. What is the name of that movie? Okay. So the movie I'm picking is Love and Basketball, which I've never seen. Woo! Have you ever seen it? I haven't. I haven't either. No. Okay. Um, it's the 
director, what was the other one she did, was Beyond the Lights. That was it. Um, Beyond the Lights, I really loved. And I had always heard Love and Basketball spoken about very highly, but I'd just yep, never seen it. So I've never seen it. Yeah. Um, and I figured, eh, I just, let me, let me watch it. Why not? And we'll talk about it. So that's what it is. It is, I think, rentable on Amazon for like two bucks. So so exciting. So do you know why I'm so excited to watch this? I assumed it's because you either really like love and or basketball. Well, a little of both. But I can't remember her name, but the woman from Alien vs. Predator. Santa <laughs> Yes! I'm so excited. <laughs> um, I think she's yeah. tremendous. And she is so beautiful. Yeah, she was a stage actress. She won a Tony, I believe, for *Raising the Sun*. I think. Yeah, and she's great in *Alien vs. Predator*, a film that I think is weirdly underrated. It is, and she is. She's so watchable. I fucking love her. I'm so excited. Yeah. What year? I'm looking right now. 2000. It's from 2000. Year 2000. Yeah. Which, Christine, do you realize the year 2000 was 20 years ago? I don't want to talk about it. I have my high school reunion coming up this year. It is my twentieth year. Well, it would be it's it would be mine too. It's Are you yours. gonna go? Oh, I am gonna. Oh, totally. Yeah, I went to my ten year. I got really drunk. It was awesome. I I drank the place out of of uh Frangelico. I'm not you proud of that many things gross. in life, but I'm pretty proud of that. <laughs> you were a gross person. <laughs> I wasn't like just um, drinking it. I was having peanut butter and jelly. Shots yeah. of it. Oh, Frangelico yeah. and Shepard. Oh my god, you bougie. Um, it was open I... bar. We paid 50 bucks for open bar for three hours. I was going to drink top shelf shit. serious? Yeah, yeah. I don't think that my school... This is like, like the most ridiculous thing ever to come out of a person's mouth. I don't think my school has reunions. <laughs> Well, I don't think schools do it anymore. I think it's like all up to students and Facebook to do now. Yeah, I don't, we don't, no, we yeah. don't get down like that. No. I don't that. talk to any of those people. Well, and like, I, you know, I used to be good about remembering things and my school wasn't that big. I think there was probably about 500 people in my graduating class. And I'm looking at like the names of the people organizing it and talking on, and I'm like, granted, some of the women may have changed their names and they got married, but I don't know any of these people, but all, but I, a lot of my friends are going, so It'll be fun. Well, that's exciting, and yeah. I hope you have a nice time Thank and tell you. me all about it. So, yeah, we'll be talking a lot about the year 2000 on our next episode, where we cover love and or basketball. Woohoo! All right. On that note, Christine, would you like to say goodnight to everybody while you go jack in to something cool that you watch first person? What oh, would you that's actually, a lot. Like, what would your, like, what would you trade in if you could watch something like that like what would your video be okay so that we got into this with fantasy island my answer to all of this is always going to be sex stuff oh my i don't have any figure skating go figure i don't have any good answers for anything except sex stuff, sex stuff. because in fantasy island there was no sex stuff and he even addresses it in the movie, they're like, yeah, mo- it's a lot of sex stuff. Because, obviously, all of these things, you pick sex stuff. I don't know. I'd probably least... ha- yeah. hang gliding and figure skating, I think, for me. But I think we said, Zach said skiing, because they mentioned skiing in the movie mm. and, or something. Was it skiing? What was it? You're looking at me weird. Skydiving? I, I, extreme sports. Yeah. Like boxing would probably be one. Ooh, swimming, maybe. Luge, sex luge stuff and good. swimming. <laughs> you do sex stuff swimming, I'm going to do luge and figure skating. 
Mm, that's nice. We know ourselves. Yeah, we do. We do. We're aware. <laughs> All right, everybody. Have a good night. Later. I can hide it.